On today's Locked On Texan podcast, day one of the Senior Bowl standouts and surprises. Also, James Campen is out as offensive line coach here in Houston, which leaves Houston with another coaching spot to fill. But first, start the countdown. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am John Hickman coming live from Mobile, Alabama. Right now, I'm at the Locked On uh, Network household. It's a bunch of us right now grinding, putting in to bring you guys uh, the singing bowl content that we cannot wait to provide over the next couple of days. Got the locked on Jags, got the locked on Bucks, locked on 49ers, locked on Chiefs, locked on Saints. Everybody is locked on, but locked in to pro- excuse me to provide that coverage. You know, I like wearing my jerseys, but this is the best team I could be a <laughs> part of right here. But I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis, who's at home right now covering the Rockets, doing everything he can on on that end. Super excited for today's episode. Unfortunately, we were not able to have a show for Tuesday, but this Wednesday, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, when we look at the coaching situation for Houston, teams are, that have vacancies for their coaching spots, they're filling up. Houston is one of, I believe, four teams left that do not have a head coach. And we are now at the start of February. Brian Flores was a strong candidate. He has an issue going on with the NFL, as we learned on yesterday. He will be suing the NFL for racial discrimination. James Campen is now out. He left Houston. He'll be going to the Carolina Panthers. So that leaves Houston with potentially, we know for a fact, two spots that need to be filled, head coach and offensive line coach. Then you have Pep Hamilton, who may very well leave Mm -hmm. to go get what I believe he deserves, an offensive coordinator position elsewhere. So Houston has trouble. Houston has a problem. Cody, let's dive into the head coaching first before we talk about the offensive line and Pep Hamilton. What are your thoughts right now as we continue the search <clears throat> for the next head coach? Well, look, you know, I hate to say this, but for anybody who might be a little bit annoyed, a little bit aggravated by the fact that Brian Flores is suing the NFL, because I know a lot of people are saying, like, why he's suing the NFL? You know, there was already questions surrounding his status as a head coach. You know, we are... We, we talked about it here on Locked On Texans, the fact that he is a hard guy to get along with. He is sort of like Bill O'Brien 2.0. But for anybody that might be a little bit confused to why people are backing Brian, Brian Flores or people are, who may be a little bit confused to the fact that why Brian Flores is suing the NFL, all you got to do is take a look at your favorite football team in the Houston Texans. Because, look, Brian Flores, regardless of what has been said about him and regardless of everything that we have been reported on Brian Flores ever since he departed out of Miami, this is a guy who has had, what, two winning seasons in the NFL as a head coach? Miami's first back-to-back winning seasons in, in a decade, I believe, in over it, a decade. Exactly. And the only reason why he didn't make the playoffs, not this year, but the previous year in 2020 is because the AFC is so strong as we have been seeing throughout the last two years. But I say all that just to say you have a guy who is very qualified, who has shown, you know, regardless of what goes on behind closed doors, he knows his X's and O's and he is a pretty damn good head coach. 
But on the flip side, this is an organization in the Houston Texans who are strongly considering Josh McCown, a guy who has never mm-hmm. coached anything in his life to be their next head coach. This is a part of the reason why Brian Flores is making this lawsuit. And, and shout out to Brian Flores. But, John, I don't want to spend too much time on that because, yes, Brian Flores was a finalist for the Texans. As a matter of fact, he was here on Monday to have to have his um, second interview with this organization. But outside of who the Texans hire at the head coach, I think they have a bigger issue in hand because, as you just alluded to, Pep Hamilton, <laughs> he's strongly being considered as the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. at, at, for different teams. And you also got to take a look at the loss of James Campen. Now, before we dive into James Campen, I want to play this exchange that I had with Justin Britt during the exit interviews the Monday of the last week of the regular season. And this is what he had to say about James Campen. Well, I, I love James Campen and... Um... If I could have it my way, I'd want to, you know, play for him for the rest of my career. Um, you know, he, he was uh, someone who literally made every day enjoyable. Um, you know, the, the games we got shut out, didn't score, we'd show up the next day, and he would make those meetings enjoyable, which kind of throughout a long season like this, it kind of, you know, pays dividends and, and keeps your, I don't know, your mental health in check. Um, and you don't go down a rabbit hole. You just keep grinding, keep working, and he's someone like that who motivates his players, and he knows this. I've told him this. Um, but, I mean, as far as the group, um, I've been around a lot of, I would say, really good offense linemen um, throughout my time in Seattle, and, like, as a whole, I've probably said this before, but... Like it just keeps getting better. These group of men that I played with on the O line uh, was easily the most fun I've had, and like the most genuine, honest, hardworking people I've been around, and people that I hope friendships go on and on. So, um, you know, I wish we had more time with these guys. I wish I had more time to work with guys like Lane who didn't get in till you know three quarters of the way. You know, I wish we had more time to gel. Um, I wish me and Max got to work together more. I wish LT never got hurt. Um, you know, I wish Titus never got COVID and, and he kept that hot streak going. I wish G. I wish we were able to have like seven linemen on the field. Um, it was just one of those years that was a lot of fun for me. You know, say what you want about the Houston Texans throughout this 2021 season, but that's one thing we cannot deny. The Texans have shown potential and promise with a lot of their young guys. You take a look at the potential that Davis Mills showed. And who was he under? Pep Hamilton. You're on the verge of losing Pep Hamilton. You already lost James Campen. John, I'm sitting here and I know it's extremely early and we don't know how this coaching staff is going to play out. But the fact that you are on the verge of losing one and you already have lost another, the development of these young guys, it it, it may be hampered because you're losing some of the best position coaches that you was able to get this past season. Well, before I talk about Pep, and James Camp, and I want to go back to Brian Flores. I believe that he had a strong case for Houston that marriage to work out if they would have brought him in. Uh, they didn't have to bring him back for a second interview. So that second interview did tell me, as we've heard, they liked what Brian Flores could do in regards to Josh McCown, who I personally don't want to, you know, talk about too much, as we have heard personally, you and I, 
that Josh McCown has become a strong favorite for Houston to be the next head coach in the uh, for the Houston Texans. But Brian Flores was a guy that they really did like. And so to see all of this play out before our eyes when he just had a second interview, uh, first-person interview, might I add, the first interview was via Zoom, but the first in-person, second interview overall, I hate it because I thought that regardless of what the media was feeding or the rumors or reports that were being put out there, he's hard to work with, or things of that nature. What we've come to find out, especially in the last 24 hours, is he is a man that I can get behind because of his values and what he stands firm on. When I look at that report that Stephen Ross tried to offer him $100,000 per loss. That's crazy, man. I personally would have took that. I'm losing. <laughs> but he stood on not losing. He stood on not tampering. He stood on not trying to be persuaded to bring in a prominent quarterback in two separate occasions. And so uh, I, I thought that was a guy that, especially knowing what we know now, Houston needed because of what? He's a high-character coach of fit. Now, we look at Pep Hamilton. It is what it is. Not on Houston's, I mean, not on Pep Hamilton's behalf. You guys had an opportunity to immediately say, we're going to take this man serious as our next offensive coordinator. And I think, excuse me, prior to him accepting this last offensive coordinator interview with the with the Bears, remember he declined the Panthers. And so what I felt was he was at least somewhere understanding that I'll be next in line. I don't have to worry about this. He has a kid out here in Texas, I think in the Houston area. Moving a lot doesn't do well for a child, especially a child that's considered one of the best quarterbacks in the state, might I add, in high school. I don't think he'd want to leave. However, it's only so many times you can play with him. Now, James Campin, Titus Howard did improve. I think the improvement came when we saw him move back to a tackle position at the left tackle position. And I think that improvement was just him going back home. You know, you're away at your, at your family member's house, at your cousin's house. You can be somewhat comfortable, but you're never as comfortable when you're in your own bed. So he's back at home. He was comfortable at that position. Uh, but James Camp, when I look at the rest of the offensive line, can't point out any guys that improved under him. Cannot. And so they will have to fill that vacancy. I'm not sure how much more coaching he has in him. When I look at Mike Munchak, the offensive uh, assistant and quality control and offensive line coach, and played as an offensive lineman for the Houston Oilers. So he was with the Houston Oilers for uh, between the Oilers and the, and the Titans for almost 30 years. Maybe he want to come back home to Houston and who's a Hall of Fame player, give some of the knowledge and game to who Houston would bring in as offensive linemen uh, throughout the draft and who they already have on the roster. But Houston looks at itself right now. I look at the Houston Texans rather, and I see a team that needs to act faster. Slow money. What they what we play dominoes, man. You play with scared money, ain't gonna make no money. Slow feet don't eat. And right now, they're looking kind of famished. They're losing pounds. They're losing weight. They're not gaining anything. And that eventually can hurt you, depending on what Nick Casario is going to allow and not allow for his head coach to do. If you're going to let your head coach pick who he wants in regards to offensive coordinator, maybe that's why Pep Hamilton is going to leave. If you're going to let him pick his offensive line coach or make changes, then that is fine. But you still need to hurry up and make this head coaching change and hire right now. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net 
has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season from scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet online is the number one spot for all of things NFL betting in 2022. Right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't forget boxing. Don't forget hockey. Don't forget basketball. Don't forget the UFC odds. All the coverage is here at Bet Online because they are the best in the business. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen. And remember, we are free and available on all major podcasting platforms. Cody, the start of the Senior Bowl on Tuesday was uh, wake up early in the morning with the guys, get to the convention center, get ready for press conferences, and had an opportunity to hear from Jim Nagy and Kenny Pickett and, you know, a couple of players. And, you know, one thing that stood out to me was Nagy's press conference. Just 106 players were drafted from the Senior Bowl last year. That was the most all time. And I expect that number to be, if not the same, even higher because of the amount of players that are coming out this year compared to other years because the NCAA allowed that extra year for COVID. And so scouting is very important. Uh, we look at a Houston Texan team that, you know, you and I can both agree on and listeners and people that follow the Texans, they even at their best position, like wide receiver is one of their better positions. When you look at they have a Brandon Cooks they still need to draft a wide receiver or evaluate wide receivers. Uh, we look at the defensive line. We know how important it is for the Houston Texans to bring in an edge to pair with Jonathan Gennard, and that can really help that defensive uh, line go. So there's a lot of players out there in the senior bowl here down in Mobile, Alabama. And while it is fun, it is still work in the sense. I'm not looking at it as work because I enjoy what I do, but, uh, just looking at who can help the Houston Texans. And I think that's very important to me. You guys on this show, if you follow us, you've heard me in the past talk about a player that I'm totally okay if Houston takes that number three pick, trades it back, and go draft this player, Zion Johnson. Now, I've talked about him as a guard. He has great strength, has good hand placement, good base and balance, the explosion from his hips was there on day one, along with his technique. All of these things stood out the most, but what I like probably more than all of that, you know, the technical and the, the fundamental things from Tuesday practice was the versatility of Johnson, who played guard at Boston College, but on Tuesday, he took snaps at center on day one. <laughs> so you have a player that could potentially go to a franchise who I would love for Houston to bring him in, that loves that versatility word, that loves a player that can do multiple things. And if you can get an offensive lineman who we take a look at Titus Howard, play guard, play tackle. And Titus Howard has played every position among that offensive line but center. So, uh, excuse me, Zion Johnson is a player who is very interchangeable. If you feel there's a, a player that you like a little bit more later in the draft on that offensive line, well, you still can draft them because he's a player that can play center. During him playing center on day one, uh, his ability to create the impact on his initial block and get to the second level with the quickness was one thing that stood out to me, Cody. Uh, I think this guy is an absolute stud. 
Do I think he's worthy of the number three pick? I think that's to be seen. Uh, however, I mentioned him, and I'm going to reiterate throughout the week, I'm looking at players I believe Houston can use with their picks. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at his situation because I'm not sure, and we know it as a matter of fact, Nick Casario is not sold on keeping that number three pick. Ask him about it, right? Press conference. Are you sold? Or are you going to you know, try to trade back? Oh, absolutely, is what he said, I think, along those lines. If there's a, a deal to be made, he'll make that deal, trade back. And if you look at the best possible player that can really help this franchise, when I look at helping him run blocking, I look at helping him in pass blocking situations as well, but mainly getting to that second level or creating a push to give your running back that opportunity to get to the next level and get four to five yards per pop, he's a young man that I would love to see here in Houston. Well, John, you did give a lot of great points about Zion Johnson. If that was your selling point, then I think I can say I am sold based off of their argument that you and I had off of camera earlier last week. But, John, you made some good points, great evaluation off of everything that you saw day one of the Senior Bowl. But there's one word that I want to focus on, and I think this word is most important when we talk about prospects that the Houston Texans can actually draft this year. And that word is versatility. Look, you mentioned Zion Johnson. He could play guard, and you also see him play a little bit of center. Why is that important? A couple weeks ago, you and I, off camera, we talked about the possibility of Justin Britt not coming back to this organization. I would not be surprised if he doesn't come back if it's you know due to retirement or whatever the case might be because Justin Britt is getting up there in age but I say all that just to say when you look at the the versatility that you saw out of Johnson that is what the Houston Texans are looking for because look you take a look at the 2021 season how many guys dating all the way back to the beginning of OTAs did you and I come here and talked about the position to switches that took place we can talk about um we could talk about Jacob Martin, the guy who went from linebacker to DN. The same thing for Jonathan Gennard. We saw throughout the season, even though it was more so due to injury, we saw Titus Howard go from left guard to left tackle. <laughs> Midway through the season, we even saw Lonnie Johnson Jr. go from a safety to a corner. For some reason, the Houston Texans love versatilities with their players. And it, I, I think this is an organization that has proven in order for you to succeed, here in the city of Houston, in order for you to get snaps, in order to go out there on the field and showcase what you can do on Sundays, on Mondays, on Thursdays, you know, sometimes on Saturdays, but, you know, most of the time Saturdays, that's postseason, and this is not an organization that's going to be the postseason no time soon, but in order for you to get those snaps, you got to be able to play multiple positions, so I, I'm not going to lie, you sold me on Johnson just a little bit more, but when you look at the Senior Bowl, and there's one thing I want you to keep in mind, John. I want you to count how many gems that you think the Texans can actually find. Because this is going to be Nick Casario's time to shine. We saw what he was able to do with the draft class of 2021. And you heard me say this a lot, a lot of times. That man did a damn good job finding the talent and the prospects that he did, given the bad hand that he was dealt for the 2021 NFL draft. You have what? Nine picks this year. Two of them is coming in the third round. 
I'm hoping Nick Casario and his staff can actually continue finding those gems late in the NFL draft. And I hate to bring this up. This is part of the reason why I hate knowing that they let David Cully go because if David Cully was still, still around, John, him, and the Houston Texans coaching staff will be right there in Alabama with you. Yeah, I wish he was here as well, but I would like to add to your point of versatility. Hey, guys, I just think Nick Casario with this deep Patriot background uh, believes in maximizing the strength of a player. And, and he should. Right, and sometimes we we get used to a player being at one spot. However, if he can work out very damn good at another position or in another situation for this team, and we're speaking about the Texans, well, why not do it, right? So I don't want to necessarily just maximize on the position changes, but I do want to maximize him and finding the potential where maybe that player isn't used to succeeding that where no, you can do this very well. It just so happens for Zion, he can play guard, he can play center, and he can be dominant, especially in the run for both. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bill Bar in your plan. Bill Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than the candy bar. Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes good. You want to eat it, unlike those other protein bars, which can be very chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, and I get it. It can get boring. By week three or four, you're thinking to yourself, ah, this isn't for me. It's not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Bill Bar are covered in 100% chocolate. Go to Bill.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. And, John, we we, we, we talked about your guy, Zion Johnson. I knew he was going to come back and try to sell me on him. I just set the listeners and the viewers on him. I, I knew that, but please tell me that outside of Johnson that you had an opportunity to see and study other prospects as well. Because if you Absolutely. didn't, that's a little bit biased, and I'm going to call you out on it. <laughs> No, absolutely. Jesse Luketa, the DN that was originally a linebacker for Penn State, uh, he's a day one guy that during practice, I didn't honestly have my eye on him going into the day. Uh, Luketa switched from a linebacker to DN in his final season. Versus turned out to be right, but it turned out <laughs> to be his most successful season at Penn State. Uh, Penn State head coach James Franklin endorsed him. And during the day, I was able to see some intangibles that could translate to Houston. Uh, he uses his hands and he has quick feet. Uh, he'll need some help in developing his moves at the line of scrimmage to beat some of those tackles that can overpower him, kind of uh, overshadow him, those 6'5 or 6'7 guys. But, you know, other than that, uh, he plays the run very well. I mean, he tightly squeezes down. Uh, the line of scrimmage and made some plays in the run game on Tuesday. Uh, something that he did at Penn State in his final year. Javon Clowney esque in that aspect, I think, while playing a run. And he is a late round draft pick that Houston could use to beef up that defensive line and that depth chart. But when we look at them having third, fourth, two thirds, a fourth round, and a fifth round pick, you know, Houston still has to bring in somebody that they can use, whether it's situational or not, 
on that opposite side of Jonathan Gennard. And Jesse Lucetta, who, if Houston stays at 4-3, he's played that traditional DN. If they switch it up and go back to a 3-4 defense, that may be able to uh, allow him to act more freely, dropping back in coverage, which he did a little bit well. And he does have great, uh, not aspect, but he does have great instinct for the ball when it comes to using his hands. But the standout player for me, now I can't talk about Zion Johnson and not mention who the hell is going to run behind him. And Tyler Batty, the running back from Mizzou, is a standout player from day one. Aside from Johnson, Batty had several plays that kind of became a distraction because I had to see what he did, what was going on over there, what was number 25 doing with the ball that kind of, you know, made me stop looking in the area I was originally, and I had to follow to see what he was doing. He's a 4-4-40 guy, single-season record for rushing last season for Mizzou, 1,600 rushing yards. But here's the thing. We talk about versatility. We talk about a team that wants you to be able to be a Swiss Army knife, 54 catches out of the backfield, top three for running back and receptions in the NCAA last season. I look at the success of Austin Eckler that he's had with the Chargers, and I can see Batty being a fair comp when we look at comparisons. And so we know Houston needs to fix that two-year running back room that's been disastrous for the last couple of seasons. And Batty on day one of practice stood out to me. I'm Jonathan Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Continue to subscribe to the YouTube page as well as we head to 600 on the year. And every day this week, we are talking Senior Bowl prospects. If you guys have anybody in particular that you want to, you know, check out, go to the SeniorBowl.com, go to the rosters, look around, tweet me. I'm here for you. And uh, the game will be this Saturday. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.